Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Moses and Aaron, um, wherefore do you let the people from their works get you to your burdens? And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them Shabbat from their burdens. Say it with me. You make them Shabbat rest from their burdens. So here we see that the Sabbath is being used in the context of resting from burdens, but a very specific type of burden. These are burdens that the children of Israel uh, uh, experienced in the land of Egypt, the back-breaking burdens, not only the burdens of labor, but the burdens of control, the burdens of manipulation, the burdens that never give an individual rest. The Bible is teaching us here that God is not just concerned about the physical rest, but that God is also concerned about the emotional rest. God is also concerned about the spiritual rest. God is also concerned about the psychological rest. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. You see, Pharaoh had a program. And his program was one of programmatic genocide. It was one of control and manipulation. It was one of keeping the people down in the lowest strata, strata of society so that the people could never have enough hope to be able to break out of the place that Pharaoh had put them in. You see, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 1, let me explain to you what these burdens were. Say this with me. My burdens are about to be broken off of me because of Calvary. Say it with me. I'm about to enter into the rest of God because of Calvary. Somebody should shout. Somebody should give God the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the word of the living God. See it here. The Bible is telling us, there arose, verse 8, there arose a new king over Egypt that knew not Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, that they join together with our enemies and fight against us and get them up out of the land. Notice that Pharaoh did not want them to get up out of the land. Pharaoh wanted a plan to keep them down. Pharaoh wanted a plan to keep them subjugated. Pharaoh wanted to keep them in a place where they had no fight because the Bible says, lest they join together with our enemies and 
fight against us and get them up out of the land. So God, first of all, is validating the fact that when there is an abuser, sometimes we lose our fight. When there is a person that has brainwashed us into bondage, there are times that we actually begin to believe what the abuser is telling us that we are. I hope somebody's hearing me today. But God wants you to know, hallelujah, that he wants to bring you up because the only way that you can come out is you've got to come up. I hope somebody's hearing me. To get them up out of the land. Now, also, I want you to see that this was propaganda. This was propaganda in order to cause the Egyptians to join with Pharaoh in his programmatic genocide. He had a well-mapped-out program to be able to subjugate the children of Israel by saying, uh, by insinuating euphemistically, quote-unquote, to say, lest they multiply and it come to pass that they're, when they're fallen out in a war, that they join with our enemies and fight against us and get them up out of the land. Now, I want you to understand, beloved, this, these words that were being said were cal carefully calculated by Pharaoh in order to instill fear in the people, in order to instill a predisposed prejudice against the children of Israel, that they would join with the enemies, that they would place a suspicion upon them, that they were somehow malicious, even though they were being violated, even though they were being abused, even though they were brought down to the lowest level. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. So when we understand what, what Egypt actually is, please understand this, Egypt is not only a place, but in Hebrew, Egypt, the word for Egypt is the word Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim not only means a country in northern Africa. Mitzrayim actually is a, it is expressed in four different ways in the book of Exodus. First of all, this word Mitzrayim means narrow place. It means limitations. It means restrictions. It means uh, it has within it the Hebrew root word that actually is, beloved saints, the root of the word sar, which means sorrow or trouble or distress that we need to understand. It also has within it the Hebrew root of the word metzar, which means narrow place, a very tough place, and a place of narrow borders. But I want you to know that Mitzrayim is not just a physical location. Because you can come out of Egypt, but not come out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim actually can happen in four different ways that we see. The children of Israel are going to be delivered by the hand of God from four different types of Mitzrayim. From Mitzrayim psychologically, from the psychological control that Pharaoh has over them. From the spiritual Mitzrayim, let my people go that they may serve me. Anything that holds us back from serving God is Mitzrayim. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. And then we have the physical Mitzrayim, which was the actual Sabala. It was the carrying of the burdens. It was the backbreaking burdens of the labor in Egypt that produces no profit. And the psychological uh, type of burden that was placed upon them. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, the Bible tells us that 
the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. This word rigor is the word that means to break apart. And all of their service wherein they were made to serve was with, was with rigor in an all manner of brick service in the field and made them to serve with rigor. So we must understand that this rigor actually does not mean elbow grease. This word rigor actually means to break apart. So Pharaoh set up a work, a work detail that would be a detail that would cause the children of Israel to work, to labor, but to never see any profit from it so that he could psychologically brainwash them that they could do nothing and they were worth nothing. So we see the deliverance from spiritual Mitzrayim, the deliver, deliverance from physical Mitzrayim, which was their sabala, their labor, and the deliverance from emotional Mitzrayim. But we also have the deliverance from destinal Mitzrayim. Their destinies were locked up. God wants you to know that during Passover, he is able to set you free from every type of Mitzrayim. And Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, broke Mitzrayim off of our life. And somebody ought to give God the praise. Now, beloved saints, what does this have to do with the Shabbat? It has everything to do with it. Why? Because the first person outside, as we said from the book of Genesis, where the Sabbath is first introduced to us, is Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, and you, Moses, make the people Shabbat from their labors. What does that mean? You make them Shabbat from their labors. Pharaoh understood that Moses was a deliverer. You see, when you begin to receive deliverance, you begin to enter into the rest that God has for you. Without deliverance, you cannot enter into the rest of God. I hope you understand what is being said here. When your eyes are being opened and you begin to do what God says and no longer do what man says, when you begin to realize that God has got a call on your life and that you've got to break out of Mitzrayim in order to serve God, you are able to come into the rest of God, the true Shabbat of God. Are you following me? Let's go a little further, all right? Let's go a little further. Understanding this basic concept about what the Shabbat was given for and why it's very important for us to understand this very first place that we see the Sabbath revealed in the Scripture, second to the first time in Genesis chapter 1. So therefore, it gives us a greater revelation of the type of rest that the Bible is concerning itself with when we enter into the rest of God. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. 
Let's go to Matthew chapter 11 so that we can understand what Jesus is speaking about when he says, come unto me, all ye that are weary. I want you to see that the language that is used in Matthew chapter 11 is the very same language that Jesus is referring to that was told to Moses by Pharaoh. I want you to understand that Jesus is the one that is going to give the eternal rest. Jesus is the one that gives rest to our souls. Jesus is the one that brings rest to our minds. Jesus is the one that brings rest from all anxiety, burdens, and fears. Are you with me, saints? If you are, say amen. We're looking at the word of God in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And we're going to look at verses 28 through 30. And let us see what Jesus says. He says here, come unto me, all ye that labor. Now, speaking to the Jewish community, because he is a Hebrew rabbi of rabbis. When he says, come unto me, all ye that labor, immediately the labor that is in the minds and in the hearts of the audience by which he is addressing is the labor that God redeemed the children of Israel from when they were slaves in Egypt. This is forced labor. There are some of us that are in a state of forced labor. That means sometimes we feel like we just got to please somebody. We just got to somehow win so-and-so's approval. That is labor. That is the ungodly type of labor. We're laboring for that which will profit nothing in our future. We are laboring for something that produces no sense of inner satisfaction. You see, God wants to give you the kind of labor that you feel within yourself, a sense of accomplishment. That's why God brought the children of Israel to the promised land so they could plant, so they could own the land and have a sense of accomplishment that they are contributing to the environment, that they are contributing to their world, that they have something that God, that only they could offer to another. You see, when you are being delivered from the kind of labor that Pharaoh wants to put you in, you must understand that he wants that labor to be forced upon you, but yet when that forced labor is happening, there is no sense of satisfaction within you that you have contributed anything to the project or to your environment or done anything to help mankind in any way. Are you with me? But God wants you, when you labor, to sense that sense of pleasure, to sense that sense of accomplishment. Even a child, when he studies for a test, when he gets an A on the test, he has that sense of accomplishment. When a mother makes a meal for her child and her child loves it and says, mommy, thank you, that was so good. That is a sense of accomplishment. When a person makes a, a, a certain project or outlines a business plan, and that business plan is extremely successful. That is a sense of accomplishment. You see, up to this point, the children of Israel did not know creative work. 
But you see, God was going to redeem them through his power, but he was going to call them to another kind of work. Not forced labor, but creative work because he created the individual in his image and in his likeness. And that means that we as children of God have the opportunity to enter in to God's world by being able to create a project, to be able to create a dress or make a meal or build uh, something from, from nothing. God wants you to know that he created you with this sense of feeling accomplished when you do creative work. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. The creative aspect of work gives a person value because it's something only they can do. It's something that God created them to do. You see, when you know what your destiny is and you know that this is what God is calling you to do, there is a sense of knowing within yourself that you were created to do this. You were born to do this, and no one else can do it like you can do it. Hello, somebody, because God put it inside of you. That's creative work. So we see the clashing contrast between forced labor where there is no sense of satisfaction. And Pharaoh deliberately designed the labor, not only to remove the element of satisfaction from that labor, but that that labor would produce no profit and therefore be, inhibit the inner part of the human being that God created in his image and in his likeness, that sense of accomplishment that he put within every single one of us so that we might go forward into what he has called us to do and create. I hope somebody is hearing this today. So their labor is redemptive. And so therefore, we must understand when Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are, are heavy laden, are weary and heavy laden. The Bible says that labor and are heavy laden. This is a word that is very familiar to the Hebrew audience. That are weary and uh, or that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you Shabbat. The Bible says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, I want you to understand that this, these words were enforced. They were enforced in the sense of signs and wonders. These words were so miraculous that Jesus chose to heal certain individuals that were heavy laden with various types of sabala. Sabala is labor. It is the burden that a person carries. The children of Israel were carrying sabala upon their backs. He chose very deliberately and he chose very selectively individuals that he would heal on the Sabbath to show us what true rest is. I hope you understand what I'm talking about because healing on the Sabbath means that Jesus has come to bring the meaning of the Sabbath. I hope you understand what I'm talking about, saints. We see, beloved saints, in the gospel according to John, 
a tremendous miracle that took place on the Sabbath. Now, before we actually look at these three miracles, and then we're going to pray for you. I want you to see that some people think that Jesus broke the Sabbath by healing on the Sabbath because he was accused of breaking the Sabbath. But quite on the contrary, even in the sense of rabbinic law, he did not break the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, there were two ways of interpreting how one actually uh, violates the Sabbath. And one of those ways is that when human life is in any way threatened, and this means that you have to really understand what life is all about. Are you just talking about biological life? Are you just talking about saving biological life? Or are you speaking about time, which includes more than biological existence? Time actually means that you live your life to the fullest. It actually means like Abraham who lived the fullness of his days. That means doesn't just mean he meted out a certain amount of days and he lived and then that was it. No, it means that every single day of Abraham's life, he, was, he fulfilled the will of God for that day. That's what the fullness of days means. And we must understand, Sarah also lived her life. This is why the Bible begins in Genesis chapter 23. The life of Sarah was 127 years. And then the Bible says, and Sarah died. So that we would understand that her life was a life that every single day of her life, time, she lived her life to the full. There was never a time in her life that she was not living those days in perfect recognition of God's presence and who God was to serve God with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength. Are you with me, saints? So... When, when the rabbinic laws were established concerning the Sabbath, uh, we must understand the interpretation of violating the Sabbath. How does one violate the Sabbath? There were two actual opinions in the first century. And one was from what was called the House of Shmai, which is gone and no longer exists. And this was, under no conditions, do you save life? Or do you save, or you, do you heal, do you do anything on the Sabbath because you're going to violate the Sabbath? And of course, it is written in the Torah that if your ox falls into a ditch, you are obligated on the Sabbath to save that ox. And it is written in the Torah that if your donkey needs to be watered and is thirsty, you violate the Sabbath in order for the animal not to go thirsty. You can't say, hey, I'm fulfilling the Sabbath and my little donkey is dying of thirst, but I have to fulfill the Sabbath. No, the Torah law was in those days that you first lead the donkey to the water and that is overruling the Sabbath itself. So that the law came into being from another house, not the house of Shmai, the house of Hillel, that said that the Sabbath was not made for, for man, that Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So that we understand that 
man is not to be the servant of the Sabbath, that the Sabbath actually is made for man. It is made for man to rest. It is a gift from God. It is, it is, it is something that man enters into, not meant to be filled with laws and filled with regulations and filled with rules, but that the Sabbath was created by God as a resting day, as a day that God would lift the burdens, as a day that God would break yokes, as a day that God would turn around around all of our hardship and use it for his glory. Are you, are you hearing this? So therefore, understanding when Jesus said, what is better to save life on the Sabbath or to lose it? And they could not answer because the actual rabbinic answer to that question is that the law would require you save life on the Sabbath first. If that means that at violating the Sabbath means that you have to save a life, you violate the Sabbath to save a life. And it's just like that today. If there is a woman who's ready to give birth and the doctor, um, it's the Sabbath, does the doctor say, oh, I'm sorry, it's the Sabbath. You're just going to have to deal with this yourself. No, the doctor violates the Sabbath to bring the baby into the world. If a person is drowning and you say, I'm sorry, it's the Sabbath. I can't go out there and help you, but I hope you survive. I want you to understand the law on this is that you break the Sabbath to save lives. So those Pharisees, that were challenging Jesus were actually breaking the Torah. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. The rabbinically correct answer was what Jesus gave. And so therefore, in order for man to understand what it means for the Sabbath to enter into the rest of the Sabbath, he chose to heal certain individuals on the Sabbath that revealed to us what the rest of God is. Are you hearing me? Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5, where there was a man who was a paralytic for 38 years. And the Bible says that Jesus said to him, will you be made whole? And the man gave Jesus an answer. And you know what that answer was? I have no man to lift me into the water. I have no man to lift me. When the water is moving, no man can lift me into the water. And Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. The man arose on the Sabbath. Now, Jesus could have said, just rise and walk. But Jesus didn't say that. Ooh, he didn't say that. He didn't just say rise and walk. He is saying something that appears to be a violation because you're not to carry a load on the Sabbath. But Jesus said, rise. Take up your bed and walk. And so those that were watching were indignant. And they came and they said, he's breaking the Sabbath. But don't you understand that the load that he is carrying 
is a sign. He carries it no more. That the yoke has been broken off of this man. That he no longer carries the burden of rejection. He no longer carries the burden of uselessness. He no longer carries the burden of isolation. He no more carries the burden of rejection. Does somebody hear me on what the Sabbath is? Say, I received this anointing through the death and resurrection of my Lord. Hallelujah. Then we see another healing found in Mark chapter 3, verse 2. Let's just look at it really quickly. The Bible says, hallelujah, glory to God. Mark chapter 3, there was a man in the synagogue. Jesus entered in on the Sabbath. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He was going to show what the Sabbath really is. If someone has a withered hand, how can you live? Is that high? If you have a withered hand and you have, your hand represents your gifts. Your hand represents your calling. Your hand represents your strength. Your hand represents deeds that God can use you in. If your hand is withered, it represents a destiny being withered. It represents your purpose being withered. It represents what you were created for being withered. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. The Bible says, verse 1, and Jesus, looking at verse 1, it says, and he entered again into the synagogue where there was a man with a withered hand. And they watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him. Again, these are Shamite Pharisees. They are not all Pharisees. They were this particular group of Pharisees that disagreed with life on the Sabbath. Now we see, verse 3 says that he said to the man that has the withered hand, stand forth. And he asked the question. This is the typical rabbinical thing. He asked the question, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil? Oh, my. Hallelujah. Say it is lawful to do good and to never do evil. And he says, to save life or to kill? Oh, my. What did he mean by saving life? Don't you realize that by healing this withered hand, you are saving this man's life? Not biologically, but you are saving his life to give him life abundantly. Are you with me? He asked this question, and notice they held their peace. Do you know why? They held their peace because he was correct. He was rabbinically absolutely correct. And when he looked about on them with anger, being grieved for their hardness of hearts, isn't that something? There's one thing Jesus couldn't tolerate. was a self-righteous person. Hello, somebody. Can I get a witness somewhere? I don't know if I can get a whole lot of witnesses, but somebody ought to say amen. And he said to the man, 
stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out and restored it. That's what the Sabbath is all about. The Sabbath is about breakthrough. The Sabbath is about restoration. The Sabbath is about getting your territory back. The Sabbath is about your burden breaking off of you. The Sabbath is about all the ungodly burdens that you have been carrying, the psychological burdens and the hardships to be broken off of your life. Are you with me, saints? The Bible tells us in Luke's gospel, he chose another one to heal on the Sabbath. It was a woman with a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And they accused him again. And he said, you hypocrite. If your ox falls into a ditch, don't you pull it out on the Sabbath? And if your donkey needs watering, don't you lead it on the Sabbath? Ought not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound low these 18 years, be freed on the Sabbath? I want you to understand that Jesus died right before the Sabbath so that you and I would understand that our bondages have been broken. Our Sabala has been broken off of us. He has come to give us life and give it abundantly. So stand to your feet right now and receive that anointing. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.